Hello everyone. Welcome to this week's market tidbit on the male beauty market in China. I'm here today with Steffi Noel, one of the project leaders at Dasha Consulting, and I am Allison Monson, the media manager at Dasha Consulting. This week we are focusing on the male beauty market because it's growing incredibly fast, much faster than the women's beauty market and also much faster than most other places in the world. China's male beauty market is growing at an annual rate of 13.5%, which is over double the global average of 5.8%. So Steffi, what are some of the statistics that we see in the booming male beauty market when it comes to social media? I know that there's a lot of KOLs that are involved in men's beauty, and there's been a lot of male KOLs recently too. Hello, Alison. Hello, everyone. Yes, indeed. Like we can see that the KOLs, like the male beauty KOLs, are like we can see there a lot, a lot now on social media, especially on short video platforms like Kuaishu, Douyin, Bilibili. Like we can see that among all the beauty KOLs. So when we talk about beauty, we also talk about not only makeup. We also talk about skincare, fragrance. So among all the beauty KOLs, for example, on short video platforms, 20% of them are men, and on Weibo is 60% of them who are men. So it's a lot, and compared to last year, it's it's like two times more than than last year. And they're talking much more about different kind of topic, including like a lot of makeup. And in the makeup topic they're talking about, it's really different kind of product. We can see it later, but it's really diversified con content now. Yes, and. So it seems that the men's beauty market, when it comes to the content that we see online, a lot of the content is really focused on like personal care um, and skincare versus makeup is quite low. And so for the male beauty market, um, makeup is still an important product. It is very much a rising segment, but personal care and skincare and even um, nail oil and uh, fragrances are are pretty important topics. As more and more men are wearing makeup in China and using more cosmetics and taking, putting more effort into their personal care, what's also interesting is that there seems to be a lot of controversy around this topic. So we did some social listening to see what exactly are Chinese netizens saying about uh, men who wear makeup in China. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. in one hand, more and more men are wearing makeup in China and the numbers clearly support that and same with the online statistics. But at the same time, um, unfortunately, it seems like uh, a lot of the Gen Z and the current trends are drifting away from supporting LGBTQ rights and uh, LGBT expressions. So in the West, we would associate LGBT um, expressions oftentimes with cosmetics, especially for men. But it looks like in China, they aren't necessarily uh, the same. They're not necessarily along the same lines. So what are some of the controversial opinions that we have seen in our social listening? Yes, I, I totally agree with you, Alison, on that part. Um, I think it's anyway on social media, you can see it's a bit like everywhere else, like everywhere in the world. Like you can see like some controversial opinions saying like, um, wearing makeup, it makes people feel gay. It's like I'm doubting about his sexual or orientation if he wears a bit of makeup. 
Um, but more and more, we can see that not only male beauty KOLs, also girls, also consumers in general, also just users of social media are rising, raising a bit against this, this tendency of saying that you are gay because you wear makeup. They're just like um, saying, why can't you wear a bit of makeup or a lot of makeup if you're a guy? Um, so now on social media, there are more and more hashtags um, rising like in favor of LGBTQ rights. For example, they are in Chinese, but if we translate it into English, it's like, who said men can't wear makeup? Or stronger hashtags like gender equality. Um, and this, this is really symptomatic of the, 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 the positive um, opinions toward LGBTQ rights. Yeah, and what I think is really interesting is to see the hashtag of uh, gender equality, come up for this type of topic, because oftentimes when we talk about gender equality, it's more about um, finding rights for women and women's rights. But I think this is more about men's rights. So I think that's a very interesting turn on things. When it comes to some of the key characteristics of male beauty consumers, um, First is the demographics. They're quite young and they live in tier one and tier two cities. Uh, the age distribution is heavily weighted towards like 20 to 30 year olds. And part of this is because a lot of these young men, they develop their beauty habits while in college and then now they have been keeping them. So this is going to be an interesting trend and these consumers will definitely age up and it is likely that they will continue to use, you know, basic skincare as they age up. Um, but this is definitely something that's more accepted among young men. The, it seems that a lot of men, when it comes to makeup preferences, men tend to prefer lighter makeup, makeup that's less obvious. Um, can, what else have you noticed, Steffi? Yeah, I think what is super interesting, it's uh, so they don't, they prefer like light makeup if we talk about makeup. But I think, you know, the big trend of like the blending between skincare and makeup in, in China, not, not only for men, also for women, is, is really interesting. It's like consumers are looking for more benefits for their skin, for more benefits. It's also, um, um, it's, also the case for hair care, for example, skin care, body care, people are looking for more direct benefits to help their skin be better, to help all the skin to be a bit more dry and this kind of thing. And also in the Chinese men beauty market, we can see it because the types of makeup they prefer is like the BB cream um, or, and the benefits they are looking into makeup is, for example, the fact that it's, is protect them from UV, so also that it's, it's sweat proof, so that it does not um, do harm to their skin. So this is also a very interesting trend. And otherwise, in terms of makeup products, um, mascara, which was a bit surprising for me at the very beginning, lipstick, um, which are more to be to be clear like um, natural colors like nudes like the color of your normal lips and also eyebrow pencils and for me this trend to have like clear eyebrows um, also comes a bit from from Korea and from having this 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 look that looks natural so we are still talking about light makeup but still very elaborated yeah it's definitely evident that um, 
Chinese men are wearing more light makeup and it's less about having an exaggerated colorful look, but more about just covering flaws and looking, looking your best for an interview and looking your best for say a date. Um, and it's very interesting that one thing that's very, uh, is a necessity among men is being waterproof. And one reason is because, well, a lot of men tend to sweat a bit more than women and they spend more time outside in the sun, possibly doing uh, more outdoor work. And so the, if they're wearing makeup, you don't want it, they don't want it running down their face. And this is some of the important aspects if you're going to reach Chinese male consumers. Another thing we found from our social listening is that Chinese men prefer skincare sets rather than individual items. So oftentimes when women shop for cosmetics, they mix, they mix and match their favorite brands and go based on the products that they uh, need based on their own research or watching videos online. For men, they like to keep it a little bit more simple. Um, when you search on Xiaohongshu and you look for men's skincare, all of the top items that come up are uh, skincare sets and they're all from the same brand and it usually has like a face wash, um, a lotion and possibly like a toner. So skincare sets is definitely a key marketing strategy to reach the men's market. And another reason for this is because oftentimes uh, men get their first uh, exposure to skincare through a gift from a female family member or from a girlfriend or even perhaps from a friend, but uh, gifts would be, skincare sets would make a really good gift. And so that is one of the reasons why skincare sets are really popular among men. And I'd like to add something, Alison, on that point. I think skincare sets are, are very important for brands to understand that, that it's really a big opportunity, um, of course, because of the gift reason, as you mentioned, but also because cosmetics are relatively new to men um, in, in China. So they really have to learn about the products, um, which product to match, uh, which product is for rich reason. And so brands should really take the role of educator, explaining them the benefits of each product, uh, when to use this one after the lotion before the toner so this is also the objective of these sets I think yes that's definitely true as it is a not yet a mature market uh, the men's skincare market education is very important for brands um, it needs to be the consumer base needs to first learn how to use the products and learn what they're for and so brands do need to play a role in educating what does a lotion do? What does a face wash do? What does a toner do? Why do you need to wear sunscreen? And what is the difference between foundation and concealer? All of these topics are, are new for a lot of men. And so brands really have to go put the extra effort to show how to use these products. And that's same with KOLs. KOL demonstrations are also very useful. They tend to show demonstrations on how to use the products and they'll even perhaps talk about the science behind the products as well. So when we talk about how brands actually reach Chinese male beauty consumers, uh, we see some of the trends is that there is co-branding, which is um, oftentimes used to partner with, say, esports uh, e games to reach um, gaming consumers or with sports to reach uh, athletes. Then there's also KOL marketing, 
e-commerce, direct sales, and sponsorships. So Steffi, what else have you noticed when it comes to marketing tactics to reach Chinese male beauty consumers? Mm, yeah, when you're talking, for example, about co-branding, I think it's even more relevant for Chinese men because they are most of them are not completely into spending hours on social media to find the perfect skincare products, as we can see sometimes for, for women in China, especially Gen Z. So brands really have to be innovative in finding um, good good touch points to reach them in a natural way. Um, so, for example, uh, we had um, L'Oreal who partnered with uh, We Fire, which is a game very popular among among men in China, owned by Tencent. Um, Biotherm also did something kind of innovative to me. Um, they did like an escape room to promote an um, anti aging aging cream. Um, and also the brand GF, uh, which is also doing a lot of skincare for men, uh, which was like the first Chinese male beauty brand in the market, actually. Um, they partnered with um, the Xbox from Microsoft to launch like kind of customized sets. So this is really trendy co-branding and finding the right touch points um, so that the ads look more native, uh, more in a natural way, and they don't look too, too pop-up, too annoying for them who are maybe not into skincare and makeup all the time. Right, those are all really good points. It is super important for male beauty brands to co-brand and sponsor. Like for example, uh, JVR, another popular skincare, it's a popular Chinese skincare brand. It partners with MTV. Um, to get some TV ad spots on their shows. And then also um, Nivea has partnered with Durex. So it, because a lot of male consumers, they will not directly search for skincare products. And, they, and if they do, they might not know as much and they might not know which brands to look for or even what products to look for. So the initial exposure through partnerships is, is very important. And one thing that we find with targeting male beauty consumers is that it's important to find like their culture or their subgroup or oftentimes what we call a tribe. So there's, for example, the literary youth tribe. These are men who like to read books. Um, they're usually educated. And so you can reach these consumers by partnering with certain TV shows that would appeal to them. And then there's also athletes or what's popular among a lot of Chinese men is, is cars, bikes, and motorcycles. And so, for example, Lab Series sponsored a sporting event um, with the Lab Series style riding team. It was a biking event. And these are very important to reach those male consumers. Even more important, like Steffi said, to reach male consumers than female consumers. So when it comes to reaching male beauty consumers, what, are, what would be some advice that you have for beauty brands, Steffi? So beyond education, I would say one element to keep in mind for foreign brands or Chinese brands to target male consumers um, for makeup products or beauty products is also think about women. So first, a bit targeting women who will buy men's skincare products for their partners or for their, their family, for example, um, for them, they are, will look at, um, if it's makeup, they will look at the 
benefits um, behind the makeup products, like the skincare benefits. And they would also look a lot at the packages because they want to offer it, of course. So make sure you have good packages, maybe with a touch of romanticism behind it, like this is important. And the second thing is even if men will buy the product by themselves, uh, we have found through the social listening that was also a bit surprising is that some keywords like female validation, my girlfriend told me, um, my girlfriend agree, my girlfriend validate my look, my validated my products. It, it's really important for, for some of the male consumers in China to have the validation from the girlfriend or even for their, their friends who are, who are women. So I think keeping in mind that even if you target male consumers, women are a bit behind it or are going to validate some looks or some products men are going to buy. So you have to keep in mind that you have to convince not only men, but also women. Yes, that's true. And also from the same social listening, we saw that performance and confidence were also some keywords, and which is definitely different from female beauty consumers. What else I think is really surprising and possibly the most different from female beauty consumers is emphasis on the topic of convenience. And so beauty routines is, for men would be something that not that they focus a lot of time on and it's something that they would want to quickly squeeze in before work and before bed. And so being easy to use and being quick is very important for the men consumers. A lot of these male consumers, um, they're night owls, possibly staying up gaming or staying up working or doing homework. And so they need to get as much sleep as they can. And so they don't want to wake up extra early just to have really, really nice skincare routine. They'd rather have a really nice skincare routine in less than five minutes. So that's it for today. I hope you've learned a lot about China's rising male beauty market. I know I sure did. If you'd like to download our full report on the Chinese male beauty market, you can find it on our website. You can also find it on our SlideShare, and we have also shared it on our LinkedIn. So that's dashaconsulting.com and dashaconsulting's LinkedIn, or you can go into SlideShare and type in Dasha Consulting. Thank you so much, Steffi, for participating in this podcast today. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Alison. Thank you, everyone, okay. for tuning in. <laughs>